We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in to another episode of Buzz Beat. I'm Brian Geisinger. I'll be joined tonight by one of my co-hosts, Lee Branscombe. Uh, Richie is producing Spencer. Thankfully for him, he had better things to do tonight than watch uh, the Charlotte Hornets lose to the Washington Wizards in Uptown at the Hive. Final score of this game was 132 to 116. It somehow felt worse than that. But we will we will deconstruct it. I will say we're gonna try to go quickly tonight because like this game really doesn't deserve much time. I'm looking at my watch right now. It's saying 9:35 p.m. November 8th, Wednesday. Um, that's where we are right now, and we're gonna try to keep this to a tight 25 to 30 minutes because uh, it really doesn't require that much more. Um, observation but yeah hornets lose uh for their second straight game and uh lee how are you doing man and um if you want to just go ahead and jump us off here thoughts um on tonight's action i mean yeah i mean look kudos to spencer you know he's (laughs) he's the only one who has his priorities in line frankly (laughs) he saw this one coming let's be real i mean We're, I mean, truly masochist here, like (laughs) taking time out of a lovely fall day in the Carolinas to, you know, sit on our laptops and in our living rooms. (laughs) Ignore our families and (laughs) and friends. (laughs) Like, like, you know, put the headphones on for a good two and a half hours and just watch a despicable, just uh, offensive criminal performance by the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, I honestly considered like cutting some eye holes out of like a (laughs) paper grocery bag and wearing it on the live stream. But I thought, you know, I I, I can't do that. I can't (laughs) keep it positive here. But um, no, I mean, in, in all seriousness, like realistically, you know, we, we are, it is still a very small sample size, but I do think that I am kind of generally taken aback at some of these extended periods of just like non-competitiveness from this team. Uh, I mean, to get down by 25 points to a wizards team that, you know, we were texting about like, 
Hey, kudos to the Wizards. They made shots tonight. Gallinari yeah. pulled out like a 2011 performance. <laughs> Kuzma is a good basketball player. He but is. Like, he is. They are not good. I mean, th- th- yeah. I mean, they are a like 50% G League team. And I get it. Like Rozier's out. Cody Martin's out. You know, that pushed some of the rotation up. And the bench just got absolutely killed. I mean, any time... Cliff had to sub out a starter. It felt like it was a miracle if the Hornets even like got a decent look at the basket. So, I mean, there are a couple very small positives to pull out of this, which I'll kind of like hold back on for now and kind of let you share your general, you know, thoughts slash disgust with the, with the evening. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it started out fine for Charlotte. um, And then as soon as they dipped into the bench, it got really dark really quickly. Um, I was surprised that and I know Steve Clifford's hands are tied, but he did go to a stretch in like later in the fourth quarter with LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward off the court. Yeah. And Brandon Miller the, the as the only starter remaining in the game. And it was like I my, I mean, I, I wrote my notes are like, when are they gonna bring one of these guys back in? They they can't get anything going offensively. And yeah, asking like Miller and Tail Maldon, those guys to sort of like spark an offense, even against you know the Wizards aren't exactly um, an elite defensive unit. But even for that, I mean, you're just it's it's a big ask from two guys that really aren't quite ready for that. I mean, I think Miller has had like a nice start to his rookie season, although his shooting percentages you know weren't looking great coming into tonight, and certainly aren't going to look better after this. And just like. He's you can't give Brandon Miller the possessions right now, or it's just like spread, pick and roll, like let this guy like cook and initiate. Like he's not ready for that. And I mean, again, I think the coaching staff is having its hand forced. And like, I think there's some merit in saying, like, well, like, let's see what he's let's see what this guy can do. Um, but like, he just can't, he he has succeeded this season, like in transition, cutting along the baseline, catching and finishing. DHO movement sets like that's where he's found success movement. And when, and like when the pick and roll success has come, it's often been, there's some scripted choreographed action into the ball screen for Brandon Miller, not just, you know, one, five flat, like let's, or, you know, three, five flat, like, let's see what this guy can do. The one positive for Charlotte tonight, I do think was LaMelo ball who yeah. had, well, I mean, great. He was awesome. Uh, 34 points tonight on 24 true shot attempts. He was masterful in the first quarter. We were texting about that on the uh, the buzz beat thread. In the last minute of the first quarter when he got subbed back in, it was three straight possessions right at the end, um, including him nailing a two-for-one. LaMelo had three two-for-one start, like three times this game where he scored with 30, like 32, 33 seconds left. Q1, Q2, Q3, obviously not Q4 because the starters had been pulled well before then. But just going – I was going to play him to the buzzer there for a second. You, you know, it, it certainly felt like that. Um, and that was really when Charlotte started to go to work against Washington's second unit. You know, Gaio, uh, Danilo Gallinari's in at center. Daniel Gafford's on the bench. They've got a Gallo in drop coverage. And, and LaMelo, you know, he – he got downhill. He hit a runner. Um, and then there was a three that someone hit as well off of, off of a uh, LaMelo feed. Let me see if I can find that. Late uh, in the game? Are you talking about? Oh, pardon? 
Are you talking about late in the game? No, this was end of the first end of the oh. first quarter. Actually, uh, you know what? It doesn't matter. Um, really, really doesn't matter. I don't know why I'm scrambling through my notes. Yeah, it was Lamelo to Richards for a lob to Lamelo hit a runner versus drop coverage, and then Lamelo yep. pick and roll three. But as soon as the second quarter starts, things really, really f- fell apart. And Washington's five out. They've got Gallinari as a small ball five, and. Uh, I talked about this with Richie either last pod or two pods ago where I was sort of breaking up how the pick and pop has been like a big issue, I think, for Charlotte centers. I mean, a lot of stuff is this This is the worst defense in the NBA. Um, so a lot of stuff has been bad for them defensively so far this season. But with Williams and Richards, two guys that really – in a scheme that is set up to really like have those guys dropping into the paint. Um, and, you know, obviously not great point of attack defense either, but just – I don't think they have figured out how they want to handle those pick and pop situations yet. And you could see at times tonight they tried to, uh, they switched a four or five exchange and then Kuzma hit a three over Williams on a switch. So like, but like, that's not really a solution either. Having like Williams or Richards try to like switch out on perimeter guys, you know? Um, so they, they've just, they're going to have to try to figure out something for that because it's been an issue for them dating back to the preseason and it just, they were completely flummoxed by Gallinari pick and pop in like Washington's running movement sets for Corey Kispert and Landry Shamit. And like that was enough. Like that was it. Like yep. th- that, the, the Hornets were totally done in by that. Um, and just like in terms of the math, Wizards shoot 44% on above the break threes in this game, uh, 15 of 34. The Hornets were 7 of 21 from above the break, and they were only. <laughs> a four on corner threes in this game. So the Wizards, just strictly from above the break threes, shot way more threes than the Hornets did overall and at at a much higher clip. Like, Charlotte is obviously really missing Rozier uh, for his fragments of shot creation, for the movement shooting. And I just think it's, like, really, really important for them this season if they're going to, like, you know, be like reliably good offense. Like they just need to have so many guys win in the mid range. Hayward, PJ, Lamelo, Rozier, Miller, and all of those guys or not, not Lamelo. Rozier didn't play tonight, but PJ and, and Gordon had a tough time in that like four to 14 foot area. And like, that's just a huge part of the offense right now. And, and tonight when another team's bombing from three, you're missing those kind of like, not super efficient, you know, like long or intermediate twos. Like it's a recipe for disaster. And in the NBA, anyone can just creep up on you and just blow the doors off you like that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, I mean, yeah, say what you want about Rozier, but, like, this team clearly desperately needs kind of, like, the offense that he's able to manufacture. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you also – a night where it's just so, you know, painfully obvious that anybody not named LaMelo Ball or Gordon Hayward just can't make a play with the ball in their hands. You know, if it's not one of those two guys creating uh, with Rozier out, with Martin out, with no bridges – um, that there's just not a lot of like on ball pop. I mean, you already talked about kind of like, uh, you know, Brandon, there are some things Brandon Miller is very good at early in his career and, and a lot of really optimistic things to take away from his rookie season so far, but like isolation creation off the dribble is not, is not one of them. And you saw him struggle with that a little bit tonight. I mean, PJ, God love him, is just, you know, whirling dervish, trying to spin his way through the lane every time he puts his shoulder down, which is a nice counter, but, like, you can't use it every single time you drive. Yeah, Uh, Obviously, he didn't make shots tonight. He shot the ball well on the season. He just didn't make shots tonight. Mm -hmm. You know, some comments from some of the viewers just, you know, in terms of, like, what where the Hornets' offensive shot diet is right now with – a lot of twos and you know not a ton of threes which is so such a strange thing to go from a team two years ago that had a very modern shot diet like like the hornets essentially you know they used to essentially shoot all shots either at the rim or Mm -hmm. or at the three uh, under borrego and that has changed a little bit it's still i'd still say like small sample size theater on that let's kind of let it play out over maybe 15 games to see what the offensive shot diet looks like um and then i think the only thing i would circle back to bg just to have like a little bit of a positive note here to, to um, double click on like Lamelo did look awesome tonight. Yeah, uh, not yeah. that Washington. I mean, Delon Wright's not a terrible on ball defender, and he was kind of having his way there. You know, neither neither is Tyus Jones or neither Denny or Denny either. Like Washington yeah. threw some good defenders at Lamelo in this game. And, and they really didn't. I mean, it, when Namelo decided he was going to get downhill to the rim, there really wasn't a lot any of those guys could do to kind of like resist him. Um, it was nice to see him kind of prioritize getting into the lane tonight. I was going to see, I mean, he 
Man. He shot seven free throws tonight. You know, he's 13 for 22 from the field. You could, I mean, you could see it a little bit in him. I think that he was just like a little bit of like, screw it. I just, I have to go make plays, which for sure, have, you know, is understandable sure. in a game like this where he's, you know, where no one else is really picking up the slack. So I, I do think there is some evidence kind of to your and my's leaning earlier this season when it was like, hey, LaMelo had a really rough offseason from a rehab standpoint. Let's let him get a lather and kind of see how he looks. So I'm hoping that's what we're seeing because, you know, obviously the fourth quarter of Dallas, the well, well, it's kind of starting, honestly, with the uh, with the stop he got on Halliburton um, late in that Indiana game, the fourth quarter with Dallas. And then tonight, you know, like a, a pretty classic vintage LaMelo game tonight. So. That's and, and Mark Williams is good. Like he he has his yeah. struggles. Like you said, he was really he was really flummoxed with Gallinari tonight, which which is certainly a problem and more of like a structural defensive problem that you laid out with the with our centers defensively trying to guard pick and pop bigs. But Mark Williams is a good productive NBA center yeah. already. Yeah, Lamelo looks good there now. There are some there are definitely positives to bring away from Brandon Miller. And that's kind of where I the record scratches, and I I, I don't really have much else after that. Yeah, I mean, it, just a, cu- a couple of things. I I never like totally like I wasn't too too worried about Lamelo having a tough start. Like there was three years of of NBA level production, correct, including the shooting that was quite good, a forty one percent catch and shoot threes. And also, like, you know, low to mid-80s from the free throw line, like, on, on lots of volume his first three seasons, like, those indicate this guy is a very accomplished shooter at, at, at the highest of levels. Like, and he was making his free throws this year, too. So, it yep. was like, I wasn't too, too worried. Like, I still have my concerns with LaMelo as, like, a half-court creator, which, yeah. like, weren't, like, swayed either way by, like, the tough start. I mean, they sort of, like, reinforced – sort of like some of the concerns I have and ultimately why like I do believe that they have to figure out like another ball handler if they're actually going to ever get to the point where they could like build a, a winning team you know in Charlotte maybe maybe Miller's that guy I again I have my skepticisms there as well maybe Nick Smith Jr. is that guy he uh he played well we had some flash moments in garbage time tonight for Charlotte which was kind of fun like they may need to like Steve Clifford may have to like, especially if Rozier is going to like continue to miss time. Like he may have to play two rookies in the, in the rotation just to get like some, some bouncy shot creation uh, yeah. with Smith, because Seems like true. they're so, they're so starred for it. And like, I like Teo Maldon, um, but like he's, I think he's had a tough season and like, they're just not getting a, a ton out of him this year. And, and and dude, Th- Thor is just a zero, right? Yeah, I I think he it stinks because like he played well the final like two to three months last yeah. season. He shot it well. Team defense was good. He he is he's really been like an afterthought. He missed another corner three tonight that was wide open. And like this was the second or third game that the Hornets have. Um, like they happened some against Brooklyn. There was one other game this season where they really had to play like more than a couple of possessions with a small ball lineup. And they played a decent amount of it tonight with PJ at five, PJ and Thor basically like at the four five yeah. going up with Washington playing either Gaio, Ga- God, I keep saying 
Gaio. <laughs> like, like I'm talking about Gaio Pallone, the bar here in downtown Raleigh. But no, um, I got down, that's where we need to go right I now. It's, hey, one of the if you're ever in Raleigh, it's it's an amazing place to get a cocktail. I thoroughly uh, sign off and recommend that place. But um, there were even times too. Washington downsized even more and had you know like Kuzma or whomever as sort of like the de facto uh, five for stretches in this game. But like. Charlotte, when it had this really, really awesome five out, you know, offense in the from like 2020 to 2022 with PJ initiating, not only did they just like have like five guys that could shoot, they ran a lot of like five out actions with PJ initiating, like a lot of like what's called delay action, right? They ran a ton of that and they could do so much stuff out of it because PJ can pick and pop and attack a closeout. But like those lineups were augmented by like having the kind of pieces to amplify and boost a small ball lineup. And the, the the hope would be that someone like Thor would really excel in that role. Like he'd get to show off and be a backline helper. He'd get to uh, catch and go against a, you know, a paint that's, that's empty. Like he, you could use him in some more screening actions. He could slip, he could dive a little bit more, which he doesn't always get to do if he's playing the four next to, you know, Williams or, or Richards. And like, he just hasn't done that. And it just so again, they don't have like the pieces to sort of like make those things when they when they do downsize. And it feels like they've done it. This is over a like what seven, eight game stretch to start the year. This is the most they've done that during a like, you know, yep. seven, eight game stretch under Steve Clifford since he like ever. Not not just since he got back, but even right. even in the, the first you know, obviously NBA was sort of different, even back like twenty thirteen through twenty sixteen. But so those lineups just aren't popping, and and it feels really reactive when they do it. I understand why they do it, but it, it doesn't really change the it doesn't change the game. It's not dynamic enough to really like hit. And so, if anything, Charlotte then like loses an advantage by taking Mark Williams, one of their best players, off the court, and and having a small ball lineup that just like isn't quite ready to like be explosive offensively. To to the point about the starters being good tonight, this is crazy. This is like kind of funny. So the Hornets lose this game by 16 points tonight. Charlotte's starting lineup of P.J. Washington, LaMelo Ball, Mark Williams, Gordon Hayward, and Brandon Miller, they played 12 minutes tonight. That lineup was plus 16. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, to the Lee mentioned this at the top, the bench, like any of the majority bench or hybrid bench lineups, like they were bad. Um, I do think it does seem like looking at the numbers, the starters did get like a little bit of shooting luck. Washington was one of 10 from downtown uh, when Charlotte's starters were on the court. So certainly that helps those numbers a little bit. But just think about what those three-point shooting numbers look like against all other lineups that weren't the, the Hornets starting line, that, that weren't the starting five for the Hornets. So not great there. And then I think this is was sort of like one of the last things I wanted to get to. Um, and not to get like too existential because this is just one uh, game. Uh-oh. Now, it's just it's one game. It's November eighth. Um, the Hornets play the Wizards again in two days, and right. they could they could absolutely blast them, right? Like sure. like P, you know PJ and Gordon will play better. Lamelo has another great game, and all of a sudden you know they they have a big they have a big blowout win on a Friday night, and all yeah, of a sudden, Washington they, doesn't shoot forty percent from three, right? You know? Right, like, right, yeah. right. But. I was just thinking about it, like, because again, when you have these like terrible games, it's like 
you know, I take a ton of notes and I'm trying to like think about stuff I want to clip after the game, but it is hard to not have your mind drift a little bit. And I just, they have, this team hasn't been to the playoffs since 20, since 2016. Oh. And they just, they've, Today they just they never felt further away than they yeah. did tonight. Like yeah. I just I like I think maybe it's because they have this in season tournament, the in season tournament coming up. But I think that's going to be really cool. Like I'm I'm all on board. I'm excited. With it. Yeah, I like what I've seen so far, and I'm, it'll be fun to watch the Hornets play in it. But just like they just they're so far away. Like this team is this team is just not. They're not making the playoffs this year. No. And and I think that's the thing, Brian, like I came into tonight, like kind of allowing myself to be like, oh, you know, maybe two, two back to back wins against, you know, a a rough Wizards team, get back Mm -hmm. to 500, couple games away from Miles Bridges coming back. And then you watch the product on the floor and your, your eyes just don't lie to you. It's just, this is not a, this is not a playoff basketball team. In any stretch of the imagination, right? Now. They, they, they. Look, I mean, tonight, this stuff is like you know, is fluid on a night-to-night basis, and it's not until like the end of the season where you really have like a firm snapshot. But like they, they play tonight like the worst team in the NBA. Yeah. You know? Like, like even with Lamelo having a great game, right? And the Hornets have been off to this, you know, what is just a, a, an atrocious start to the season. And that's even while they've been getting pretty good performances from Gordon Hayward and PJ Washington, maybe tonight, you know, notwithstanding. Oh, I mean, I, they, I, I hold my breath every time Hayward runs into somebody or something like, like, like there's a three to four game stretch coming where he's going to miss. And yeah. And, and I, I appreciate uh, Lamelo. Like it has been awesome to see Lamelo like show a little bit of verve getting downhill and getting to the rim. Yeah. And there's been some good stuff out of it, but like, I do hold my breath with him too all the yeah, time. Of course. And um yeah, it's just look man, it's tough. Like a lot has happened since 2016, not just like in the NBA, but like in the world. Uh <laughs> people have aged like I, I think I mean I'm the only person not married on this podcast. I think everyone on this podcast was not married, maybe even single. Like I'm the only one in this pod or I think Lee you and I are the two on this podcast that don't have a kid. Like, yeah. These, none of these kids existed. I moved to Raleigh in 2016. I've it's, lived here for like eight years. <laughs> it's 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 crazy. Yeah, Barack Obama was president the last time the Charlotte Hornets played a playoff game. Like again, a lot just a lot has happened. You know, a lot has happened, and they're just look, man. The pick they used to trade to get back into the first round in 2021 to draft Kai Jones. Uh, San Antonio Spurs, it's not going to get conveyed as a first-round pick. I know that that yeah. pick has also changed hands a few times, probably because people see it as a pretty like low-value first-round pick. Because it just does not seem like it's it's destined to be to be. Conveyed. Is it lottery protected essentially? But yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Oh, um, yeah. and it changes. It, like I have to look it up again. It cha- like the the rungs move around a little bit the later you get into it, but basically, yeah. And just like looking at the team, like this, what it just the staff, the front office, like it all feels kind of lame duckish, you know. And it just, man, I don't know. Again, I try to be realistic, and like we generally try to like be, you know, come on and just talk about the X's and O's and the game and and all that sort of stuff. But every now and then, it is sort of like good to do the like thirty thousand foot view of this team and. You know, I'm sitting in the window seat um, on this United Airs flight, looking down, just being like, I do not like what I see below. Like, it just it it's not a good product right now. 
Um, and even even if uh, Rozier, Cody Martin, those guys are healthy and playing, like best case scenario, this is like what the the tenth best team in the Eastern Conference. And like as soon as you move yes. one piece from that, that they're the fourteenth or fifteenth best team in the Eastern Conference. Um, so frustrating game uh, yeah, from start, pretty much uh, maybe not start to finish, but start of the second quarter. To uh to finish, um, Lee, anything else to add? Um, there's if not, there's one other. There's a little survey we mentioned that I'd like to get in here. Yeah, but I want to give you since since I sort of like sounded off here. If you have anything else you'd like, no, to bring I'll just up. say, look, we'll we'll take two days, uh, lick our wounds, um, and you know we'll we'll allow ourselves in forty eight hours to have some inkling <laughs> of excitement you know, around kind of this play in tournament, uh, like pool play situation. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. see where we end up. I, my, the, I said this to, to you and Spencer and Richie in the, in the Buzzbeat text thread a couple of games ago after, uh, I think the Brooklyn loss, but like whomever is like next to run the Hornets, um, or to coach the team or like, I'm really right now, I'm like sort of like looking at the ownership group here. You have to be thinking about Cooper Flag in the 2025 draft. Like, you just – you have to do it. Because right now, there's no real plan other than, like – I mean, I, I – it, like – man, the thought that, like, some people in that building might be, like, counting down the days until Miles Bridges comes back so he can, like, maybe help out this team, like, is gross and I don't want to think about it. This team should absolutely be thinking to Cooper Flag in the 2025 draft. Or or the or or uh, Cam Boozer in the 2026 draft, like it. They didn't really take a swing at trying to like tank and, and go for Victor last season. They ended up with the number two pick. You know, didn't work out. And but it's time to sort of like take the longer look ahead because doing the patchwork, fill in, like try to like make the you know, an exciting eight seed team. And you can't even get close to that around LaMelo. Like this is just straight up not working. Um, and they have some good young players. Williams, Miller's looked good. You know, obviously LaMelo is, is, is quite talented, but like, they're just so far away from being like a serious NBA franchise with like legit, with like a legitimate aspirations for a postseason appearance. They should be taking a longer view than just the 2024 uh, like playoffs and potential draft. They should be looking further out ahead, uh, my two cents. Speaking of the playoffs, though, we put out a poll yesterday on Twitter um, at BuzzBeatPod, and this is the hypothetical we put to uh, the fans of the Hornets, of the podcast, et cetera. Um, here's the question. If you could choose one, which would you prefer the Hornets to achieve this season? Win the in-season tournament or make the playoffs – I think I would have voted in-season tournament for this one, Lee. I, I don't know about you. Like, I think making the playoffs will probably be awesome. Would be would be cool, but um, you wouldn't get a lottery pick, which they need. And I think winning the in-season tournament would just be like memorable, as opposed to them getting the eight seed, you know, out of the play-in spot and then getting absolutely blasted by the Celtics in a sweep in the first round. So, but. Lee, before I give you the the results, how would you vote in this poll if you didn't vote actually? It's kind of it's it, it's a cool question because 
it's really hard in your brain to quantify what winning the play in tournament like means <laughs> to a fan base because we haven't even seen it yet. You know what I mean? So it's like it's almost like I don't know. I have a bunch of friends from uh I have a bunch of ECU friends, and it's kind of like when they won the CIT. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, yes. but like they still yeah. like they still talk about Shamar Bowden and winning that mm-hmm. CIT tournament and like yep. And obviously winning the the in-season NBA tournament would be against much stiffer competition, but that's kind of how I'm like thinking about it in my head. (laughs) I I think I'll go contrarian here and say playoffs just to like see LaMelo in a seven game series and stuff like that. But it would also be really cool to like, I don't know, somehow beat like the Lakers in the the play. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that would be amazing. But okay, so we split here. Uh, the results for the poll were twenty six percent of the respondents wanted uh, would have preferred winning the in season tournament. So about a quarter, and just a little under seventy four percent would prefer to make the playoffs. So pretty big discrepancy there. Would like to see the playoffs again. I think that speaks to the fact that it's been, yeah. I mean, uh, over you know, it's been it's going to end up being over eight years at a minimum for this team to make the playoffs. Like it's so I can see why that's where some people are, are, are angling towards. Um, all right, enough on this terrible game. Uh, let's go try to see if we can uh, meet up, circle up with family members or friends uh, or just go to bed. It's late um, for Brian, for Brian, for Lee. Thank you guys uh, for listening in live or, or listening in the next day uh, on whatever podcast app you're checking in on. Please make sure to rate and review, subscribe to the pod. All of that stuff um, helps support us. We really appreciate it. Thank you also to Richie Randall for producing tonight's episode. We will see you next time. Go Hornets? Question mark. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.